Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What is going on, everybody? Jason Wright here, proudly bringing you episode number 178. Starting to get up there a little bit, 178. Uh, this week, I do have the privilege of spending some time with an awesome guest, having aha moments with that guest. That'll mean more to you here in a moment. But before we get into the podcast, we'd like to introduce a new sponsor to you. This week's show is brought to you by intentionalgroupcoaching.com. This is uh, of my own creation, as you might have imagined. But um, if you've been looking for a second set of eyes to check out your digital, your digital strategy, your offers, identify some income streams that you're missing, even help with mindset and motivation stuff that all entrepreneurs face, uh, my team and I would love the chance to work with you. So maybe exactly what you've been looking for. Uh, it's not always open. So if you want to get on the wait list and at least know about it when it becomes available again, you can go to intentionalgroupcoaching.com. All right, so like I mentioned, the guest today and myself will be having aha moments together, okay? The guest name is Mitchell Levy, very cool guy. Uh, this episode was actually recorded back in the summer before I got sick. Uh, I guess it would have been August, and I'm releasing this in November, so I've had a little bit of a backlog for a while, but it's a uh, Better to have a backlog than no backlog at all. I've been, I've been in both places. So, um, even though the episode is, has been recorded for a few months, I've uh, just listened to it again. Still got a ton of gold. Still got a great entertainment value to it. I know you guys will really enjoy it. And I would, I would challenge you if you've never watched the the video um, version of the podcast, you should check that out on our YouTube channel as well. Just gives you another element. Just gives you a little different experience with it all. And uh, you can see that when I'm not talking and I'm listening, I always look angry or confused, but I'm really not. So <laughs> just notice that today. All right. So um, let's get into it. Let's uh, check out the conversation I had with Mitchell. What's going on, everybody? Jason right here. Uh, I've got another awesome guest with me this week. I've got Mitchell Levy with me. I'm into it. I know about Mitchell. He's an international best-selling author of over 60 books. Yes, this man likes to write. He's a TEDx speaker, a serial entrepreneur, and the best way I can explain it is he is also known as the aha guy, which I'll let him get into. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. So uh, we talked a bit before the show. Uh, you're a really, really interesting guy for me because you're into a bunch of different stuff, uh, which I love. Uh, tell us a bit about Think Aha and that whole world, what all that means. You know, the best way I could describe what I do, let me do that 10 second pitch, <laughs> right? And then, yeah. and then from there, we'll unravel. Um, I work with busy, successful professionals who recognize the need for more credibility and they want to do it through a book, but they have no time. Gotcha. So have to imagine this four months from today, we have ghostwritten, published, distributed, and made you an Amazon best-selling author and you've spent as little as five hours. So we press the easy button. Yeah, that's interesting. That's super interesting. Um, and I want to dig more into that, but I'm really curious about you right now. How did you get started in the entrepreneurial world? Kind of, what's the, the high level overview of that journey from where you started to where you are today? 
Yeah, so I, I, uh, I've been a, for those, those on audio, you're not seeing my beautiful background. This is my garage, but it's oh, wow. you know, nice. nice wood panels, my books back there, sword collection. Um, I've been working out of my garage since 1997. Before that, I was in the corporate space. I was working for Sun Microsystems. I was running the e-commerce component of their supply chain, uh, which was three and a half billion at the time. And then when I started my own entrepreneurial, this is 1997, essentially I, I held it. This was the dot-com days, if you remember, and business was going crazy, lots of opportunities. So I put up my hat as a, a strategic consultant, helping companies figure out what this new e-commerce space was, what the internet was going to be. And what, what essentially what happens if you're an entrepreneur today, when somebody says to you, do you know anything about, and they fill in the blank, and that about is maybe not what you wanted to do, but there's, there's a potential for a client. So somebody said to me, uh, an old boss, Mitchell, do you know anything about SEL? <laughs> and at the time, I'm a high-level strategic consultant, wanted to be doing that. He said, know anything about SEO? And I said, no. Um, and, uh, but if you're interested, Rick, I will research everything there is, and I'll get back to you. And so I'll, I'll just do this quick story. And he goes, he goes, all right, Mitchell, please do. So I bought everything on the marketplace. I came up with a proposal to him. I said, listen, why don't you, uh, he was doing web, he had a web development company. He goes, why don't you tell your clients that they, they'll pay 15K for SEO. I'll charge you five, uh, I'll charge you 10K. Uh, so I he had 5K profit. And he said, sure. And we sold five. And so what was interesting for the entrepreneurs listening is to do SEO proper both now and certainly back then is when you ask somebody their 30 second pitch in that pitch, they'll give you two or three key phrases. You want to make sure those key phrases have separate pages on your websites, right? Kind of simple. And, and so when I asked the five clients for their 30 second pitch, they all spent about 10 minutes giving me their 30 second pitch. And I go, aha, strategic clients are around the corner and two of them turn into strategy clients for me. And so uh, essentially it was starting from the dot-com days. And from there, every time something would happen, every time either life uh, shit hit the fan, the, the dot bomb in, in two, you know, October 2000 killed my businesses, or every time somebody approached me, it's always, here looks like an opportunity, does it fit? Will it be fun and does it fit? And does it serve the audience that, I'm serving today, or is it a slightly different audience? And if it, does, if it is a different audience, should I think about it? And so I've had a nice meandering path through business and, and ultimately stumbled on to what I'm doing today, which is, which is so much fun. Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a great story. And the thing that I'm seeing with you, you remind me of myself in a lot of ways, is you're an opportunist, but it's got to make sense for you. Uh, the market tells you, hey, we've got this need. Do you know anybody? And you're like, wait, wait a minute, I can do this because you and I both know with a lot of things, it's just a matter of putting in the time to research it, understand a little bit more than your client and you're in business. And so many people don't understand that. Well, I, I'm not an expert. I don't have the 10,000 hours. You don't need it in a lot of places, you know, especially not in the digital marketplace. So today it kills me. It, 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 I have the most beautiful way for anyone to do research and, and to become that expert in their space. 
and, and so it's, it's a gift that anyone can take and use. So I finally put myself into that position. It took me a long time. And, and there are people who go, I don't think I'm worthy. That's, <laughs> like, a big, that's a big struggle. I mean, way yeah. bigger than you would think. I can't believe how big it is. You know, or I don't deserve it. What? What does that mean? You know, but what's funny to me is people always will hear this. Oh, you have to be in a niche to be successful. Like people are obsessed with that, that idea. So I'll talk to people all the time and I'll say, what do you do? They're like, well, I do uh, lead generation for, and it'll be something crazy niche, like dentists with the name Gary, you know, I'm just making something up and like, okay, how'd you figure that That's out? That's a good niche actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, how'd you figure that out? And I said, well, I just came up with the most narrow niche I could. And I'm like, how's that going? Can't get any clients. Okay. So you've defined a niche, but you don't actually have any experience in that niche. And I said, but here's a wild idea. Why not let that niche define itself for you? And people will, will say, uh, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work, but then they never make a dime online. So it's really interesting. It's interesting to hear other people's kind of paths and approaches. And I like that you're not scared to pivot. You know, that pivots sometimes where the... Where the oh, can I, can I tell you my, my biggest pivot was between... So we're a book publisher. So you mentioned now as an author, but, but the better way to say it is we're a book publisher. And between... 2005 and 2017, I published over 800 books. Now I'm going to say something that most people don't say, and I was serving the wrong audience. Tell me more. I'm interested. So the audience that I thought I was serving was me, right? And, and, and for me at the time, what I wanted to do is figure out how do I write books quicker, right? And so we, first thing we did is we had a publishing company called Happy About, 25,000 words versus you know, 40, 50,000 words, four to six months to publish. That was interesting. And then we did a book series. And, and sorry for those, for those who are listening versus watching, I'm holding up a book, 42 Rules for, for uh, your new leadership role. We had a book series that if you were blogging, the books are comprised of 40 to 500 word blogs, nice. right? So if you've been blogging, the book is mostly done. Then we came up with a book series that was a Twitter-based series. That if you're tweeting, it's got 140 bite-sized quotes, right? And so at the end of 2016, I created an online platform. Uh, the platform is called Aha That. And I wanted to create an automated tool where we'd automatically share content from a book to somebody's Twitter stream. So I ran a Kickstarter. Kickstarter hit 250% of goal. By the way, the trick on a crowdfunding campaign is you take a product or service you offer in real life and you offer it at a, dis at a discount. So in addition to other prizes, one of the prizes was publishing a book when somebody wrote it. I had a three-step writing process. It would take eight hours to write an AHA book. 20 people paid us that once they wrote their book, we would, we would publish it. So now let's, that's the end of 2016. The end of 2017, I actually did a TED Talk. And, and so if you're interested, just Google Mitchell Levy TED Talk, or you could Google the uh, being seen and being heard as a thought leader. You'll see both my book and the TED Talk. And what that made me do is think about the world in a different way. And I also looked at the results from the Kickstarter. 20 people paid us to, once they wrote their book, we'd publish it. Two, two actually wrote their book. All right, so that bothered me. Bothered me enough that I went to five of them and said, hey, listen, what if I wrote it for you? If I write the book for you, just pay me cost, I'll write it for you. One more person said yes. So Jason, this means that 17 people couldn't find 
eight hours in a 12 month period to do something they paid for that would be beneficial for them. So that bothered me. Now, let me just make it a little bit worse. I went to my friends in the online learning space. I went to my friends in the internet marketing space and they say, Hey Mitchell, do you realize that three out of 20 is a 15% utilization rate? That's fantastic. Mm. And so that's, by the way, that's not how I want to do business. So what happened is I then pivoted in 2018 and said, we still have four publishing companies, have three of them focus on when people write their own books, but I pivoted and put the infrastructure in place and the team and the schooling so I could teach my writers that we now can write for you. So it starts, I do it. I do a two or three hour interview. I pull the genius from your head. My team then writes the manuscript. And so I will guarantee that your book will be done. You still have to say yes, publish, or yes, I want to review and evaluate and all that stuff. Yes, publish. But I'm not going to have lots of people who don't, who pay us money and don't get stuff done. We get the book done. And what was fascinating about that pivot is when you actually find your audience and my audience are people who are busy enough to realize that the important part is have the credibility piece of an asset called a book. So, but not to worry about the making sure the content inside is beautiful, right? Cause you know, a book by itself doesn't sell. Like even if we created the best book possible, if you don't tell anyone, nothing's going to happen. Right. So I'd rather you spend your energy on getting the book in the hands of your prospects, then worry about making sure it's the perfect content on the inside, because by the way, there's no perfect content on the inside. And so the beautiful part for me is finding partners, because I now can deliver in a four-month period. I can give you, whether it's you, the asset, or you, the partner, I can give you the asset. And we do, we do hardcover, we do, this is my book, right? Doesn't that sound like it's got so much beautiful content? Um, we can give you the book in hardcover PDF. We do an excerpt of the book as well. We do a Kindle. We let you read your audio book as part of the process. We give you social media memes and we do a ton of stuff so we can give you that the most important and, and the minimal amount of time you should spend is about five hours. It's reviewing content. It's giving us ideas for the cover. It's reviewing the, the manuscript when we give it to you and that saves you hundreds of hours that you don't have to spend writing that you could then spend and focus on the important part. And that is gaining this asset, this book in the hands of the prospects who then once they see your book and then, and then here's the most important part to me, the title of your book shouldn't be something cutesy. Shouldn't be something that nobody knows. It is, I call it the C pop. It's the customer point of pain that your prospects have. And so when I, when I talk to somebody, I say, hey, what's your CPOP? So for instance, it, and let me do this and I'll be quiet. Let me ask one more question. Sorry. So you ever been to one of those meetings where there are 20, 30 people who introduce themselves and by the third or fourth person, they all say the same thing. Amazon best-selling author, um, TEDx speaker, uh, international coach, life coach, make your life better. I mean, you're like, huh? So What I will say is the title of your book is the only noun you should give. Everything else is an adjective and a verb. So let me introduce myself. I'm going to hold up my book. It's a nice, beautiful orange cover. I'm going to say Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, TEDx speaker, international best-selling author of the book, Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. 
what I'm getting from that, and, and I do, for those who are listening, I do the Vanna White thing where I, I put my, my name down the title <laughs> of the book. And what this is doing is if you're in the audience, I use the same words other people do, but what I want you to focus on is the title of my book. And if you want to be seen to be heard as a thought leader, you might make a mental note. Oh, I should talk to Mitchell. And that's what your book is. Your book is a credibility piece that will open up the door so you could then have a conversation because in today's world, so many people have that camera. So many people have this microphone. There are so many experts out there. How do people want to do business with you? Well, because you've talked to them. It's that strategy session. That's that one-on-one call where they've recognized that you're the expert that can help them. And what you need to do is fill your funnel with enough people coming in the door so you could have those conversations and sort out those customers who are good fits for you. And of course, they're figuring out that you're a good fit for them. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good advice. Um, I love everything you just said, but that last piece is so important because there's, there's so many people trying to make money online that never have that conversation piece. And then they wonder why they can't close any deals. It's like technology is great. Like I love it as much as anybody. I use it all day long. But you can't replace that human interaction. You know, no, you can supplement yeah. it, but you got to have it, you know. But that, by the way, Jason, thank you for recognizing that, it, particularly for someone like you who's doing sales funnels. Yep. Because what a lot of the sales funnels people do is, is you'll hear these advertisements, hey, make money when you sleep, do all this stuff. And yeah, that's true in some products. But if you're providing a service, yep. by definition, they're not buying the generic brand or the service. They are buying you. Correct. They're buying you as the expert. And how do they get to know you? Well, they can watch your videos. They can look at your sites. You do all the things. Uh, think of it as there's all these things they have to put into their head to recognize that they even want to talk to you. And once they talk to you, that's where you've got to close. Yep. And they, they close you because, and this is, if once again, you should watch my TED talk. It's, it's the short answer that Ted talked. We do business with those that we know, like, and trust. Yep. And so why are they closing you? Well, you, your book, what I do can help you be known. The funnel, what you do can help you be known, but how do they get to like, and trust you? The trust part are credibility pieces that come along the way. Demonstrations like client examples, client testimonials, different things out there that are demonstrating that you are trustworthy but then how do they get to like you? Well, they like you if they get to interact with you <laughs> and you seem like you've got all, you know, you demonstrate vulnerability, you've got integrity, you've got authenticity and they go, Hey, I could have this person work with me. And that's not work for me, work with me. Absolutely. That's a great point. You know, business, you know, I'm in a service-based business, mostly some info products are mostly service-based and, and the value is in the long-term relationship. You know, anytime I work with a client for the first time, it generally starts with a project, which is fine. It's usually an active campaign or click funnels. And what I'm doing is I'm giving this person a chance to feel me out. I'm feeling them out, like you said. Um, with me being in sales funnels, it's really easy to say, hey, Mitchell, I know we're focused on the email marketing piece, which is awesome. That's the back end of your funnel. How are you getting people into this funnel? And then the conversation might go to traffic. So it very nicely goes into other areas where I can show them value. And for me, my ultimate goal is that repeat and that referral business, because that's the, that's the thing that can take you from part-time to full-time or full-time to scaling a team 
is that uh, that surprise business that keeps coming back, which is great. So again, the power of the relationship, you know. And I and I think it's really, if you think about the world today, we've really moved back to the referral business. Yep. And, and what it comes down to is if think about the last time you've had a problem that you didn't know the answer to. What is the first thing you did? You'd go to somebody who also had that problem and you'd ask them, who did you use? Yep. How did you solve that? Mm-hmm. And that recommendation, if it comes from a friend, is enough for you to, if you talk to the person you like them, you'll just hire them. Absolutely. We have a, you may have heard of this as well, but there's an app called nextdoor.com. And our neighborhood is, uh, there's, there's some power users, you know, and it's funny because you'll see that, hey, uh, tree hit the house. This actually happened last night. Tree hit the house. Who do you guys recommend for, you know, general contractor or roofing company? And you'll get two or three names. And if that person sees somebody they know, or they know it's a neighbor, like you said, they just hire them. You know, it's great to have, it is. By the way, great example of using technically a mundane service like Nextdoor, but demonstrating what's appropriate there. Like, like exactly. Actually, the most beautiful example, I'm going to borrow that one as well. Take it, my friends. (laughs) You know, if you, if you, if you say on Nextdoor, so you're asking your neighbors, who did you, used to solve this problem and that problem needs to get fixed immediately and one of your neighbors says so and so reasonably priced they did this you're you don't need anyone else right and so now think about apply that to your business apply that to your service businesses today and and so the question then becomes how do you make sure how do you make it easy for people to want to recommend you and how can they recommend you Essentially, how can you have other people recommend you to get in the top of your funnel? Absolutely. One little secret I'll throw out there that I love to do is that first experience with a new client is find a way to, to deliver more value than you're paid for. It's not something I made up, but I, I look for it right away. Like I'm uh, working with some people right now that hired me for this. And immediately I was like, they've never looked at that. That's not hard for me to do, but it's so important for them to hook these things up. They're going to love me for it do it every time. So, nice. Yep. Agreed. I'm with you. So I'm really curious. Um, when we talk about books today and people, you know, hear about Amazon versus traditional publishing, what are your thoughts on that whole argument? Is there great value with Amazon? Um, I love all the modern options myself, but what do you think? Can you, I, I heard, I heard a question, but I, uh, could you fine tune that question a little bit? So sure. I'm answering it. Yeah. Based on what you really want to go after. Yeah. So obviously people have the traditional publishing option today. Uh, do you feel like books published on Amazon can still deliver the same credibility as a traditionally published book? Okay. So the angle you're coming from is, so uh, is the angle of having worked at some point in time for iUniverse, right? Yeah. And, and so just, to be, let me, let me change your question and then sure. I'll answer it. Sure. So the question is, do you want to publish a book through a traditional publisher? Do you want to go through a self publisher or can you use a hybrid publisher? Yeah. One of the techniques they may use is to publish the book on Amazon as well as other locations, or should you go to Amazon and just publish it yourself? So I'll answer that. Those two questions. Okay. The, the, I would never use a self-publisher personally because you're paying money to get stuff done, but they really don't care about you at all. 
and they're going to publish your crap. So it's, it's the garbage in garbage out. They, all they care about is taking money to publish. So I would either go with a hybrid or a traditional. Um, if a traditional publisher is knocking on your door and saying, I need to publish your book because I've seen who you are, you've got a network, I want to help you, absolutely say yes. And in the meantime, I would suggest working with a series of one or more uh, uh, hybrid publishers. On the hybrid side, what, what, what we do as a publisher is we create content in a way that your audience wants to actually consume content. So if you look at this book, you know, it looks really cool. The book I'm holding up is, is being seen and being heard as a thought leader. It's got, it's got color on the inside. So it adds value there. So I've got color images. I've got seven blog posts. My favorite aha message. So if you didn't know anything about thought leadership, if you didn't know anything about aha messages, what I want to do, let me read aha number four, because yeah. then you'll, you'll see, and, and here's what aha four says. Good thought leaders are at the top of the mountain. Great thought leaders are at the bottom of the mountain, helping others climb up. Absolutely. Now, you see that, you hear that, you go, oh my God, that's so true. If you hear Mitchell Levy saying that, that's valuable. But if I just randomly said it, that's one thing. If I say, by the way, this is from my international best-selling book, being seen and being heard as a thought leader, and then I read that aha message, it has even that much more weight. And so how do you get international best-selling? You use Amazon. Amazon's in multiple countries. We have a program where we, every book we publish, we do make, uh, we, we make them best-selling books. Some of our books, we, we're doing a campaign right now, they actually became number one bestseller in five countries. We don't promise that, but it just turned out it was good content, good approach. Um, what we do promise you is you'll be a bestseller. And so the question becomes, is it still worthwhile in today's democratized world to actually have a book? If that's the fundamental question, the answer is absolutely. Because there is no better vehicle on the planet to demonstrate on the no like and trust the really cool part about a book it can help you on the no and the trust piece it can even help you a little bit on the like right so how do people get to trust you well you demonstrate you have credibility doing what you say you do one of those forms of demonstration is having a book and if they could read your book and process it and consume it quickly and in today's world if you're reading aha messages five minutes of reading my book, you know who I am. And you got a feeling for that. And so the answer is yes. The, the, and, and you can do stuff. We publish in a number of other places besides Amazon. But if you only published on Amazon, it's got 80% of the book market. It, that would be fine. Uh, if you're in a business space, we, we put the books in uh, net library books, 24 seven. We have, we, we distribute in somewhere between 50 to 80 locations. So these are locations of Amazon and elsewhere. So you don't have to go to the elsewhere. It's just nice though, to have your book in a number of locations. And, and if you're an entrepreneur today, there is no better vehicle than having an asset called a book that you're a Amazon best-selling author. And when you, Think of it when, some, when, when you go to a cocktail party and somebody introduces you as an author and they say, hey, what's the title of your book? Imagine mentioning the title of your book and that happens to be the CPOP that that person has. 
They go, oh, tell me more. I got that problem. Well, great, right? Because that's what you're looking for. And the book opens up the door better than any other vehicle. And then you need to be able to use guys like you, Jason, to be able to, to do either, you know, free plus shipping offers, uh, free ebook offers, or if, if you're making enough money on your product sales, you should be giving your book away for free. Because the, it's not about how, many, how much money you make on selling your book. It's how many doors you open with your book that then close to other business for you. Absolutely. And what you said about the, the CPOP, I've never heard of that, but that makes so much sense. That's really, really, really smart about the title and all that. And then the, the know and the trust piece, uh, that's an interesting angle. I really like that. Never heard that one either, but good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Oh, thank you. Yep. I want to switch gears here a little bit. Really curious to hear what you have to say about this, but um, I'm sure like myself, you know a lot of entrepreneurs, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Where do you hear most of them getting stuck? You know, it seems like when I talk to entrepreneurs at all levels, there's always like two or three or four things where people get jammed up and it's just over and over and over. Um, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Well, you, you mentioned you mentioned one of them, and that is I'm not good enough, right? I, I, I'm, somebody offers an opportunity and you say, oh, that's not me. So just, you know, if somebody knows, likes, and trusts you and offers you an opportunity, um, unless you're going to fail, <laughs> and, and if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to make it as, as you're going to make it really difficult to fail. You're going to do as much as you can to be. So, so first, uh, if you're an entrepreneur and, and you're looking for business and you're actually struggling for business, almost anything that comes your way should be an opportunity, right? So keep your eyes open. Now, if you keep your eyes open for presence, so for instance, we're doing a show together. If you like me, Jason, and, and, I, and I, I'll just tell you publicly, I liked how you come across who you are, we should have a follow-up call and figure out how do we play together. Yep. Right. So every time you, so when you think about if you're running a podcast or for me as a guest of a podcast, who's my audience? Well, it's the people who are listening, but it's also the person I'm interacting with. I get a chance to, to play with you on air for yep. a small period of time. Do we like each other? Okay. What else can we do together? So every place you are, whether it's uh, waiting in your Starbucks line, checking out in the supermarket, um, picking up your kids from uh, an event, Every opportunity is an opportunity to listen to people and to hear where there are issues and hear where there are opportunities. On the reverse side, people, particularly entrepreneurs at first, you have a hard time either not making it perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be good enough. And also, you don't have to do it yourself. So there are sites, Fiverr, Upwork, that you can go to and find resources around the world who charge less money than your neighbor. And I don't mean don't hire your neighbors. I don't mean that, but you know, you could hire people for 25 to 50 bucks an hour here in the U S or you could hire somebody for five bucks uh, in the Philippines or, or eight bucks in India and get, maybe you don't get exactly the same quality, but if you spend time training and working, you could build a workforce for a lot less expense. So you don't have to do it all yourself. And, and I think, the entrepreneurs have a hard time outsourcing. They want to do it all themselves. They, they end up a lot of times, the biggest thing I hear on the consulting space, people have two or three clients a year. They pay them enough money. And as long as the word of mouth marketing comes in, 
they're doing well. The problem I hear from those people is at some point in time, either the people that have referred them, they either have died or retired. And so mm -hmm. now the first time ever, they've not kept up with social media. They've not kept up with their mailing list. They've not kept up with interacting and cultivating a new set of referrers. And, and all of a sudden there's nobody coming in the door. So probably the biggest thing for entrepreneurs and not really entrepreneurs, they're just trading a company for something else. If you're an entrepreneur, 25% of your time every day of your life is finding that, is building product for tomorrow. And, and another 25% is focused on recruiting new clients, picking up new prospects. And if you're in a job and you're spending, even if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing a consulting gig, 100% of your time on that one client, you're not an entrepreneur. Because you've got to constantly be looking for, I don't want it to impact what you're doing. And, and I, I could point to 90% of the consultants I know are not truly entrepreneurs because they, they, they're not looking, like what happens is they're, they, they end up their client engagement and, they, and then they're like, oh my God, what do I do now? And they, they spend months looking for their next business and that's not the way it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. It's when you take your eyes off of that new lead flow, it's the kiss of death for a, an entrepreneur. You always got to know where that next opportunity is or have something in that pipeline. So well said. Um, so for people that are stuck in, in some of these areas that I've talked about and you've talked about, talked about, and you've touched on this already a little bit, but what advice, what advice would you give people? And one thing you said so far that I loved was keep your eyes open for the opportunities. And sometimes people may want opportunities to come from here, but they might actually be just a little bit to the side. You know what I mean? Jason, well, absolutely. That's the thing. You don't know where your opportunities come from. So keep eyes open for opportunity. Um, watch my TED talk because it'll help you think a little bit different because we do business with those that we know, like, and trust. So figure out how you're putting yourself out there to be known, to be liked, to be trusted. There's another TED talk that, I, um, that I'm working on right now that I've applied to a couple of places, but don't have anything in place. And, and so I don't have enough on the marketplace, but I will. So let's check back in in six months and I could point to that. But it's going through life with, here's what I used to say. Um, you should go through life with one mentor and two mentees. What I want to say now is you should go through life with at least four or five different sponsors in different parts of the of of who you are as a as a person and i I'll need to go out and and put some of this content out there so it's easily consumable so let's check back in um, and and i'm I've redefined the word what sponsor means and and so it's how do you go out where as a human you're, you know what you do, you're helping others, and then you, you are looking for other people to help you in different ways, whether it's a people or a company or something else. And so if you're stuck, go to good, smart business people like Jason Wright. Um, find time. Anyone who wants can find 30 minutes with me. To get the next 30 minutes, you have to do something interesting, but I'll talk to anyone. You know, I've got my calendars out there. I'll talk to anyone for 30 minutes. Um, like I say, if you're not prepared for the call with me, you'll never get another 30 minutes. But if you're prepared and I enjoy myself when we point you in the right direction, there might be opportunities for us to work together or, or whether it's, it's, it's me as being paid or maybe me paying you, right? Uh, 
you know, you never know where your opportunities come from. Absolutely. Well said, well said. So what's next for you and Think Aha? So I think, uh, it's funny that I have the name Think Aha. Most people say <laughs> Aha that, but when I say Think Aha, what's next for Think Aha? Well, let me think about this. Um, <laughs> what's, what's my next Aha? The, I'm at an absolutely beautiful place. The, uh, the audience I've defined are people we can do our work for. So I've got the audience in place. The, the thing I'm rolling out now, which is just spectacular, is a anthology. You've, you've heard people do anthology books, you know, and that's where you got a bunch of people involved with a book. And, and I've created software that makes it easy to both collect money and collect content for an anthology book. And so what I'm doing now is finding, I'm partnering with people who want to create anthology books. And what we do is we charge 500 up front and after that we split profit. And my team does all the content stuff, all the creation stuff. So what happens is imagine having 40 people be part of a book, each of them paying a certain amount of money, and they all will end up being in a book that's an Amazon bestseller. So we do that. And the types of money we're talking about, uh, we, we're closing business where I'm writing checks between 3000 and 25000 as as basically partnership money to mm -hmm. my partners. And, and here's the cool part. Even if you make a teeny amount of money, here's the coolest part, Jason. So imagine you're an entrepreneur and you're mostly an expert in an area, but you're not a hundred percent expert. Well, if you took it upon yourself to do an anthology book and instead of actually having the content come in where it's automated being sent into you, you do it through an interview process. Right. So your funnel is you go to people's, hey, I'd love you to be part of my book. Here's what's going to happen with you. Here's small cost to play. I'm going to interview you and I'm going to write either the aha messages or write stuff. If you spend the energy talking with 40 people about a very focused topic, and then you come up with a book, first of all, the 40 people look at you as the expert. And then you have a book which has 40 people in it who all are around that. You've spent the energy talking with 40 people guess what? You've now moved down the path where you become the expert at your space. You've got 40 people who know, like, and trust you and can refer you and you've made money. This is, so that's what I'm doing right now. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It's super, super interesting. Uh, very cool. I've never heard of anything like that, but that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, if somebody listening or watching wants to connect with you or learn more about you, where's the, the best place for them to go to do so? Yeah, it was so funny. I used to, you know, I could mention like, we've got so many sites. So I, I used to, met, you know, pick my five favorite and just mention them. But let me give you one, okay? There you go. It's MitchellLevy360.com. So it's my name, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-E-V-Y-360.com. And there you'll have access to my social media sites. You could watch a, a two-minute video with customer testimonials. Uh, you could book time on my schedule. So you'll be able to book time to, to chat with me. And it's, uh, it's really nice to have everything consolidated in one location. So that's MitchellLevy360.com. I love that, by the way. I need to do the same thing. 
So very nice. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I think this episode, uh, I think you'll agree, is full of gold and a little bit of entertainment as well. So <laughs> as uh, it should be. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you very much for coming on. Jason, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. I'm looking forward to what comes next and what you and I do together. Absolutely. And we are back to the show. Good stuff, huh? Mitchell, thank you, my friend. Appreciate your time, your contribution, and expertise on this podcast. And if anybody listening would like to check out the show notes, as always, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash 178. You will learn more about Mitchell there and his company and have the links to uh, click on and view if you want to learn more about him and what he's doing. All right, guys. Um, as always, I appreciate your ear and your eyes. I guess it'll be your ear because I don't share this on the video portion of things. But um, if you guys have never done so and you really are a fan of the show or what we're doing or trying to do, I'd really appreciate a review on uh, what was formerly iTunes, now Apple Podcasts. Just take you a minute or two. Uh, let the world know what you think. Let us know what you think. It's always uh, helpful to keep us uh, motivated and focused on what we're trying to do here. Okay. Appreciate your ears as always. Look forward to giving you more content next week. Till then, keep chugging. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.